Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. Obviously, the Las Vegas Raiders improved to 3-3 three and three and continue to make improvements in, in certain areas. And I predicted that the team would be four, excuse me, uh, I predicted the team at this point would be four and two. They're three and three. So they're one game off my prediction. However, the way the schedule is unfolding, I think they are on course to get to nine and eight, which is where I predicted them to be if Jimmy were to stay healthy um, for the entire um, season. Clearly, that's not the case. He's played four and a half of the six games. It is what it is. I've had time to um, talk to several people to rewatch the the game to um, get some more specific notes. I want to kind of let you in on my process um, of how I watch football games and evaluate them. So the first thing is I obviously watch the game sitting there live. Then um, – I'm taking notes on things that I want to make sure I go back and look at. Did I see what I saw? Um, sometimes I will see something and say, that doesn't make sense. But I know that player's smart, so I want to go back and rewatch it and see, did they do this because someone else made a mistake? They were compensating, whatever. <clears throat> and I talk to a bunch of people and find out from them you know, what their thoughts, what their analysis was of the game, people inside the National Football League. Because while I think that my opinion is educated, having been around this game for decades, I also understand completely that I am not the authority. And there are people that are in this league um, who I respect 
um, greatly, and I want to hear from them. So we got a lot to talk about on this team today um, to really kind of put this game in a little bit more of a perspective. So let's start, first of all, um, let's be real. Let's speak realistically about the Las Vegas Raiders for a minute um, and just black and white. If you're a fan or if you're a, I think everybody that watches this is a fan of the Raiders uh, to some degree. So maybe I should rephrase that. If you're a person who is, I just want to win. I don't care who my coach is. I don't care who my players are. I just want to win, which is where I think most fans live. Or you're a person who, man, I really want the team to succeed because I like Josh or boy, I, I don't want the team to succeed. I don't like Josh. Wherever you are on the spectrum, I'm just going to give you analysis. So the first one is, is if you're a Raider fan today, you're three and three, and your team has not even played close to its best football. Now, we know, you know, we're not wondering, is this player going to be able to do it? There are some players who have proven track records in the National Football League and uh, guys that have maybe are young but have proven track records in college football at high levels. And so it's not like you're hoping in what the business world calls blue sky. Blue sky is basically hope. Okay. I I'm not a I'm 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 my job is to just bring you analysis. It's in your job to to after I disseminate it to process it and decide, okay, is there enough there for me to have hope or not? That's your call. I'm not going to try to tell you what to do. I do believe, though, if you're a Raider fan, that should be encouraging to you. We have a lot of weapons on this team who've proven that what they can do, and this team has not yet played its best football. I think that's factual, and I think it's realistic. So let's talk about this. First of all, the special teams is playing out of its mind. I gave it an A-plus last night only because there's nothing higher I can give it. Um, Daniel Carlson, A.J. Cole, Jacob Bobbin-Moyer. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's give credit where credit's due. They let Trent go last year. And there was a lot of criticism and angst from inside the locker room. I reported that. It was factual. But Jacob has been uh, tremendous um, with the replacement of Trent C. Trent was really good. That wasn't, it's not a slam on Trent. It's just the reality. Jacob has performed very well. And you need to, you need to point that stuff out. Special teams is awesome. You, it's hard to win in the National Football League with poor special teams. And that's holistically um, kicker, punter, all of it. Um, coming into the season, I thought A.J. Cole was the top three punter in the NFL. I now believe he's the best one based on where everybody's at right now. Uh, Bob and Moyer, again, has performed very well, and Daniel Carlson very, very well. So I think if you're a Raider, you've got to be super encouraged by your special teams. Let's go to defense. I find it fascinating that the Raiders – needed the offense to win the first game in Denver. But the last two games, they've needed their defense. The defense is getting better. Now, the Bills are an outlier, clearly, because we have six games of proof. So if you take the Bills out as an outlier, 
then I think you can say that this um, defense and I, and I, I said it after the bills game, I didn't think that the defense was terrible. I thought though, with the offense's inability to do anything, the defense got exhausted. So I think the defense was better in Buffalo than most people do just because they look at a score, but your defense is ascending. Now you can make an argument having invested $102 million in your offense and 60 some million in your defense. um, Has this defense reached a ceiling? Now, Based today on how both sides, offense and defense, are performing, I don't think either has hit their ceiling. I think the ceiling, because the offense is performing so pitifully, for the offense is considerably higher than it is the defense. I think the defense has a, has, has a little bit more in the tank. I think it can get a little bit better. But based on you know youth um, and based on what they have invested in, um, I do think, again, there's room improvement for the defense, but I don't think it's anywhere close to the ceiling on the offense. Now, here's the good thing. When your defense is winning your football games and you know your offense has to get better, yet you have the players to do that, I think it's a very, very key issue. And so I think defensively, um, there's room, again, a little bit of of, of um, growth, Remember, we have a trade deadline coming that uh, I've talked about in previous podcasts. I'm not so sure that the Raiders uh, are willing to go out and invest draft capital unless it is a player that is young enough to fit the long-term vision um, of the organization. Now, I do not believe they want to trade draft picks. I'm not going to use any names, but let's say there is a young player who's playing well, has good upside, that has enough on his contract that they say, yeah, we're willing to absorb that because he's part of the long-term vision. That's a possibility, not saying it's a probability. But I think that defense is playing. Now, do I think that defense has the ability to hold Miami to 20 points? No. Don't think it hold Kansas City. Nope. Okay. So there's three games right there that you know the offense is going to have to participate and 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 score points. We'll get to the offense in a minute. But I do think there is room for growth. And I think there are some young players that are coming. I'd like to talk about a couple of them with you. Um, I don't know if you got a chance, if you DVR'd the game to rewatch it. I thought Byron Young did some things, got some meaningful reps at meaningful times. One of the things that if you want to know what the organization is thinking, excuse me, is don't just look at who plays, but look at when they play. You know, when stuff's on the line and you saw Byron Young, getting some significant reps. I think he had one tackle, but that at his position, that's not abnormal. Um, There were a couple of very key plays where he was able to twist his offensive lineman and force uh, the play for the Patriots to change. Now, do I think Byron Young was the rookie of the week? No, but that's not what he's being judged against. It's judging on, is he improving and being able to 
earn more reps? And when he's getting the reps, is he making an impact? Yes. I think that, that, that was clear. I think that was something that um, was very evident. I think there were some other rookies that played and there's just a learning curve. That's just the way that, that this game progresses. I, I know a lot of people think, well, you know, coming from college to pro, you should be able to step in and do the same thing. Uh, I once had a NFL um, person tell me the very best college team would get their butt handed to them by the worst NFL team. That's how exponentially different the talent is. Now, I trust this person. They're a legendary Hall of Famer in the National Football League. I trust their judgment. If that's the case, and I believe it to be true, because I've asked a lot of people to concur with that opinion, there was a learning curve. Let's use Michael Mayer for a minute. Again, I'm talking defense, but using him strictly analytically for a minute. He came in, and there was a huge adjustment for him. You may remember us talking about the first time in pads he went against Max Crosby. Max humiliated him. You know, I don't like that that term because humiliation in, implies that Max was trying to embarrass him, and that wasn't the case. But Max dominated him. And after each rep, he would teach him, talk to him. Okay, Michael Mayer, the player today, isn't even the same guy that played in his first reps in pads. Yet when he left Notre Dame, he was arguably the best and most impactful tight end in the game of football. He gets to the NFL, he gets schooled. Okay. But because of his work ethic, because of, of, of his position and because of Raider need, he progresses to where now you're seeing him being incredibly impactful. Um, And I'm again, I'm going to get to offense in a minute, but I want to finish with Byron. So here is a young player that's making progress Again, um, if you go back and watch it, because you can see him using that upper body strength and then using that 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 push out of those humongous thighs to be able to overpower guys. See, sometimes, and, and people don't understand this with interior defensive linemen, they're not going to get all of the stats. But can they turn a guy sideways? Can they put him in the gap that the team intended them to keep you out of? That strength, that's learning to use leverage. Remember when Byron was at Alabama, nearly every game, his even though they're taught well at Alabama, it's not like a lot of other colleges, they're coached like an NFL team. He was still able to overpower people and maybe not use technique as much. That has not been the case you know, here in the NFL. He's learned that, and I think he's making tremendous progress. Again, I think there's a lot of reason to be encouraged by young players. Um, I told you all at the beginning of the year, Chris Smith is a guy they see playing the Epps role. He's got to grow into that. It's a learning curve. And when you're the Raiders, you know, a lot of people have asked me, how do you determine who's inactive, who's not? Well, first of all, if you know a guy's not going to play, you're going to make him inactive. If sometimes you're going against a team and you need more linemen, then you need maybe – um, wide receivers, or maybe more than if it's on defense, you need more linemen, more than than safeties or whatever. You go in that direction. Sometimes who you're playing determines inactive. I've also told you that Josh McDaniels has each of his players take tests every week for knowledge of the game plan. Maybe a guy just doesn't have it yet, so he's out of the inactive list. There's a multiplicity of reasons, so you don't read into it. 
I understand there's people frustrated when they see um, certain players not on the active list, and, and I get that. I understand it. But remember, while some fans, and I think it's a minority, but while some fans want the team to tank, that's not the mindset of this team. So they go to battle with who they think gives them the best opportunity to win. It doesn't mean a player isn't good. It doesn't mean they don't have a future. It just meant for that game last night, they weren't ready. So, again, we're talking about realistic expectations. I think the defense has room to improve. I don't think they've reached the ceiling. But I don't think the ceiling is as high as the offense. All right, let's go to the offense. There are several things that I want to talk about here that – um, I think are important. One of the things that you want to know when you're talking to players, first of all, if it's behind a camera, you can, you can say, okay, but also you get information from players off camera and then you try to, to put it into a blender and, and figure out hyperbole from um, substance. And several offensive players commenting about the confidence they have in this defense. I think that's really huge. And that's not always been the case. I think you can go back and watch some games from last year with the Raiders where it was the offense would come off the field, maybe had a lead, whatever, and you just, they knew we're going to lose. That's not the case anymore. There's a confidence in that. This defense um, – I'm going to go back years ago. Uh, well, some of you will remember, but there was a game called Pac-Man. And if you ate these bright yellow pellets, it gave you superpowers and it energized your Pac-Man for a little bit. Boy, am I old. <laughs> a video game. And the point is, is that I think the, the confidence and the swagger that the defense is playing with is giving that offense that yellow tablet that, hey, all right, we can go out here. We can do some things. Now, the way the defense is playing, I think, gives Josh McDaniels a little bit more um, leeway to take some risks. In fact, I'm going to be meeting with, with Josh and for his weekly press conference here in a couple hours. And when I do, I, I plan on asking him about when the defense is playing better, does that give you more confidence to maybe take some risks? You know, there are some risks you can't take. Now, let's go back to last year and even um, the year before when they went to the playoffs. I talked about there were times, that, and, and even not just that year, but the previous year even before the playoffs, where John Gruden couldn't take risks and really wanted Derek Carr to be risk-averse because they didn't trust their defense. That confidence is is good for the Raiders and I think is going to be extremely beneficial to helping the offense get more to their ceiling. Now, again, I mentioned the, the defense has more of it to go to reach their ceiling. I think the offense has a long way to go. So if your defense can continue to play like it is and even improve a little bit and your offense can even get close to its potential – I think the Raiders have an absolute chance at doing something here. Now, there's a lot of ifs there, but you know you have the personnel. So those are reasons for optimism. So let's talk about that confidence a little bit. In the red zone, the Raiders were one of six. They are pathetic in the red zone. They had four field goals. 
um, a sack and a touchdown. Now, I want to address a couple issues here because I think it's really, really important. I have been critical of clock management and a sense of urgency. I think that's completely fair. But the more this goes on, if there's one thing about Josh McDaniels, I know I'm going to share a couple. First of all, prior to coming to Vegas, and the stats prove this, this isn't hyperbole, it is an opinion. He was one of the best, including his last year with Mac Jones, uh, schemers and game caller and play callers in the red zone. That is a factual statement. So to come here and to be as bad as they are, I don't think Josh has forgotten how to call plays. I don't think that he's, he's, he's done that. I'm not implying that. But it tells you a couple of things. Okay, maybe he doesn't have the personnel that he had there. Well, okay, fair. But these are his guys. So uh, you need to understand, I'm not taking the onus of responsibility off of Josh. I'm simply saying to you, um, these are his guys, but he doesn't. You know, Clearly, there's a lack of faith in his offense. Now, let's dig in a little bit. I'm going to have an article coming Wednesday or Thursday, a really deep dive into what's wrong with the Raiders offense. So I'm not going to get into this a huge amount today. But um, I think there are several things. Now, everyone keeps talking about how poorly they believe the offensive line is playing. And I agree, the offensive line is not um, is not manhandling and dominating football games. 100% agree with that. Do I think that the Raiders have the best offensive line in the NFL? Of course not. Do I think they have the worst? Not even close. But I think there is a myriad of things. And if you go back and watch the game analytically and not as a fan, I believe you'll see these. The lack of a threat on a deep ball is allowing teams. They're not even game planning for it. I know that for a fact. Please check my, my article coming on Wednesday or Thursday. They're not doing that. With that being said, that is allowing teams to stack the box. So when you're putting your team with five guys against seven, six guys against eight, and they're bringing pressure, so their belief is if it's a run, we've got more numbers, and if it's a pass, we're going to overwhelm the quarterback and make him get rid of the ball. Now, you notice yesterday, no sacks. So And, and there were times that Jimmy was holding the football. So that means that's not on the offensive line. Jimmy had time. Did he have had time every play? Nope. And I'm not implying that he did. But there were times when, when, when plays were there and Jimmy had time where he missed guys down the field. Just didn't even take a look. Now, he's injured. We don't know if he's going to talk to the media on Wednesday. I would highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. But if he did, my question that I would have for him is, is you're having guys open and you're not taking the shot. Are you not seeing them? Or do you not have confidence in your arm? Because you don't have the confidence in your arm. That's a concern. 
And that's a very legitimate question. That's not a personal attack. That's that the guys are there. You can see it. Now, Brian Horner comes in and 15 year vet. Bam, Trey Tucker for 48 yards, right down the seam, wide open. Wide open. Wide open. And it changed the New England defense. And there has to be that um, in this attack. There has to be that in this scheme. There has to be that with this team. It has to be there. And the Raiders, without that, are getting punished. So, a couple of points. How do you fix the Raiders? So, the red zone. You've got to take shots at the end zone. And you know what? Let's give Josh the benefit of a doubt. Maybe he's thinking, okay, I can win this game with field goals. It's New England. I'm willing to cede that to him. It's about winning. I don't need to take those risks. Our defense is playing well. It's New England. I'll take the field goals. Okay, let's assume, and I don't know that that's his thought process, although I have reason to believe that. Him and I have not specifically discussed that. So let's just to say that's his mindset. And it's all about winning. Why take the risks? I've got Daniel Carlson. It's New England. My defense is playing good. Let's get the win. Deal. Fine. No problem. But there's some teams coming down the pike they can't do that with because your defense, even though it's playing and improved, is not going to keep them to 19 points or under 20. So maybe Josh changes his approach against a different team. I think that's completely fair. And so I'm, I'm pointing these things out now because down the road, it allows you as a fan to analytically look and say, okay, this week we're going against a Miami or a Kansas city. And we know that points are going to be at a premium so do I see the same actions in the red zone or was, you know, or what happens? So I think those are absolutely fair to judge. Now, I think there's a lot of reasons. I, Brian Hoyer told me um, when he was in the red zone, remember he took a shot in the end zone. I think it was to Jacoby. If I'm wrong, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think it was to Jacoby, but he talked about, you know, we knew we had Daniel Carlson. I had so much confidence. This is a paraphrase. I had so much confidence in um, my defense that I just put it in a place only Jacoby could get it. Fine. Okay. Now against other teams where you're not going to win with field goals, maybe that's a throw you have to try. And I think that's fair. I think that's being completely fair as you analyze your team and, and where your team is at. But again, I'm trying to give you reasons for upside. Okay, let's talk about um, Trey Tucker. I know that there has been angst inside the organization that Trey has not been more involved in the offense. And I can tell you that I know Josh has been clamoring for that. So when you know that something's been getting clamored for by the head coach, 
and it's not happening, then you have to begin to ask some questions. I'm going to get to those in a minute. But I think you're seeing Trey Tucker is a weapon. Trey Tucker can do a lot. And the Raiders need him more involved. They need his speed. And that, again, talks about stretching the field. If Jimmy Garoppolo is unable... Now, I want to go back and, and, and quickly touch one issue. I know that the um, criticism of Jimmy is he can't throw a deep ball. Okay? I've seen him, albeit in practices, joint practices as well against other teams, but I've seen him do it. So I know that he physically has the ability. Now, is something wrong that he maybe he's injured, that has another injury we don't know about and unable to do it? Because I've seen him do it, you have to understand it. If you've seen something done, do you remember when everyone said you couldn't break a four-minute mile running? running. I couldn't break a 40-minute mile running, but that's another story. And then all of a sudden, Roger Bannister does, and then hundreds of people begin to do it. Why? Because once they see it, then they can believe it. I don't buy into that narrative because I've seen Jimmy. Now, if you haven't, I, I understand. So when he's not doing it, and I my job is to be analytical and not a fan, is there an injury? Or is he not confident with it? Now, I have to believe it's the confident side. I mean, confidence is, 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 is it breeds on itself. So I, I, I would firmly say right now, based on the number of times that Jimmy has not gone deep with people that were open, that I know they were in his purview, that he's lacking a confidence. Okay. And if that's the case, that's fine. That's, doesn't make him a bad person. It just means he's not playing well at quarterback. Makes him a not very good quarterback. Because you got to be able to eat. You either have to be able to stretch the field or hit your guys all over the field who can get the yak yards after the catch. And so I know that some schools of thought are that the offensive line is terrible. Don't blame Jimmy for anything. I disagree with that. I think the offensive line is doing exactly um, what it needs to do, I think it can improve. But I think for it to improve, it needs better quarterback play. Hey, throw the damn ball down the field. You know, so we're not going up against stack boxes all the time, Jimmy, and maybe we can actually block and give you more time. And um, so I, I think those are issues that that have to be looked at. Um, I'm asked repeatedly, do you think it's time to go with Aiden O'Connell, who has the big arm? I shared with you guys, I had a player tell me there isn't anywhere on, this is not a quote, it's a paraphrase, but there's nowhere on the field that Aiden can't put the football. They weren't saying that as a derogatory statement towards Jimmy. They were just being complimentary of Aiden. With that said, um, they are putting Jimmy on the field because they believe it gives them the best chance to win. Now, I want to say a couple of things. You may completely disagree. That's fine. I think you could make an argument in a, in a substantive argument about that. Very fair. 
But that shows you they're not tanking. It shows you they're still trying to scratch, crawl, bite, fight to get those wins. So if they believe, all right, Jimmy's going to give us her best option. Now, we don't have a report on Jimmy yet. Um, I, based on who I've talked to, I think at this point, and I'm not reporting this as factual, I'm just giving you information that I'm hearing. Um, and I haven't talked to Jimmy or a doctor, nor have I talked. Well, we'll just leave it there. I think there's a lot of people in the organization thinking they probably won't have Jimmy this weekend. That's not any type of a statement of fact. It's just thinking process. Remember, he's going to go to, there'll be doctors, whatever. So don't run out and say, Hondo's saying Jimmy's not playing. I'm just saying, I think that's the thinking process of some people in the organization. Fair. So if you want this offense to improve, it has to. I mean, Josh Jacobs, I got it right here. Forgive me for not knowing it off the top of my head. But Josh Jacobs yesterday rushing the football. I mean, he ran for eight. Uh, he ran for 77 yards. 77 yards. Okay. Is that a 100-yard game? Obviously not. 77. But he's close. And can you imagine what he would be doing with an unstacked box? So I don't think the running game is too far off from returning, but there has to be a threat down the field. You've got to be able to stretch the field. You have to. Now, let's talk about Devontae Adams. Two games in a row, not a ton of targets. Right? Legit. Um, he did not talk last night after the game. He, he walked out. He'll talk on Wednesday probably. That's when he's scheduled to talk. Um, and sure, He's frustrated. Absolutely. And he wants to win. This is a guy who is a high performer. This is a guy who you've heard me say numerous times. If he's in single coverage, I don't care what your play is, you instantly go to Devante. He's that much of a generational talent. But I am also going to say, when you look at this, and this was a key stat yesterday, Michael Mayer had six targets and Hoop had two. Okay, so there's eight, eight times. <clears throat> if you get the tight ends up to 10 and you mix in Jacoby and you mix in, you know, a Trey Tucker, there may not be as many for Devontae. So the frustration is irrelevant with a win. He said that. Those are That is a paraphrase of Devontae's words. I don't care how many catches I have if we win. Again, paraphrase, but that's essentially what he said. Go back and watch the video from last week. So what I would challenge you with is very simple. I think the first thing the offense has to do is have a deep ball threat. Now, if 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 you don't have confidence that Jimmy's going to hit on all of them, fine, but you still have to have it out there as a threat. 
Because when teams aren't planning on it, maybe one guy gets loose. And so maybe the ball doesn't get to him, but he's able to stop. And if you don't think Jimmy can, then I think you absolutely have to ask yourself, what is best for this team? You have the NFL's leading rusher. You have essentially the same line, plus Greg Van Roten, um, who blocked for him last year. And at some point, you know, if guys aren't stacking the box, those numbers are going to go up. Okay, now let's also talk about if Josh's reps go up. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look real quick. So Josh yesterday um, – carried the ball 25, which you want him in that 25 to 30 range. Okay. All of a sudden now he begins to punish. Well, the more that he runs the ball and you're not passing, the more you're eating clock. By the way, yesterday, the time of possession, uh, Raiders had 32 minutes. Ideally, you like that number for your team to be 35 to 40, but anywhere in the 30s, you're happy. 35 to 40, you're you're very happy. 40 and above, you're doing cartwheels as a fat guy. It's not his way to Krispy Kreme. I mean, that is just it's unheard of. So don't it's it's like wishing for a unicorn to get to 45. But in over 30, you're pleased. 35 and above, you're you're really, really happy. Because that means you're keeping the ball out of the hands of the offense. Now those are all ways that this offense can improve. Now, I I have been very critical um, of some of Josh's play calling because I think it's been, like you've heard me say, risk averse. But again, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, what if he's looking at it, hey, a win is a win. I can win with field goals against the Patriots. And that was presented to me last night by another NFL team executive whose team played earlier in the day. And so he was watching and uh, he told me because he, he, his team has played against Josh several times. He goes, that's what I, he goes, that's what I'm deducing in my head that he's thinking. I think that's fair. And I'm, and I'm just passing that on to you. So the offense has got to be a deep threat. They've got to be able to establish a rushing game more. I think it's getting better every week, but still got to be more. I think it was great to see eight throws to your tight ends. I'd like to see a little bit more. Like to see some play action. Like to see some play action. When you start to run the ball a little bit better, let's do some more play action. I think that is one of the biggest weapons. I once had a defensive coordinator. Well, you know him, Pat Narduzzi who's the head coach of the Pittsburgh Panthers. He also won the Broyles Award as the best assistant coach in college football. He's a very, very good coach, universally respected as a tremendous defensive mind. And um, there were several years ago, um, I think it was 2013. Yeah, it was 2013. Michigan State went to the Rose Bowl, beat Stanford. Many people believe it was the year before the playoff. Many people believed. Um, that that Michigan State defense, which was one of the best all-time in college football, if they had played Jameis Winston for a national title, which they wouldn't have because they lost one game to Notre Dame earlier in the year, that Michigan State had a good would have had a good shot of winning the national title that year. And 
Pat is lauded as a defensive specialist. And he once talked to me that when you have a running game and you use play action, it is brutal on a defense. It is one of the hardest things to game plan for and to teach because people's natural instinct when you're pounding the ball at them is to step up and run support. Very difficult. And if you don't, then when you do run, it gives more space. It's just keeping the defense off balance. I want to see more of that. Again, deep ball, threat, more play action, more aggression in the red zone, but I get it. Okay. I don't think we need to take risks. We can win the field goals. Great. You're winning. It's all that matters. Winning covers a multitude of sins. Going up to Chicago this weekend is, you know, is this another game where the Raiders are like, okay, with our defense and Justin Fields is probably out. We're going to, okay, maybe that's the case. You go to Detroit on Monday night, that is not the case. You're going to have to score points there. So, again, running through about the offense. So, now let's talk about a couple of other things. Um, The Raiders had 50% conversion on third down, which is big. You want to see that number close to 60, ideally, but at 50%. They're getting there. I think, again, I've been very open about things that got to improve, but I'm also going to be open to you to things that are improving or things that are good. Um, Average rushing play was 2.5 yards a rush. Remember, no sacks. So somebody may say, well, sacks is in there. There's no sacks. But Josh had 3.1 yards per carry. You obviously want to see that a little bit higher. You want to see it closer to four than 3-1. Again, teams stacking the box. I think that's a very germane argument to make. Um, Six penalties for 42 yards. Um, I think ideally you want no penalties, but I there are some penalties you don't mind. Remember, I talked about aggression. Remember Marcus Peters against Green Bay had a great penalty. That was a brilliant play by Marcus. Okay, you take those penalties. Six for 42 is not the end of the world. Ideally, you like it five or less, but still not the end of the world. The penalties, you know, fine there. Then there were a couple that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but we we digress. Um, I want to, again, if you read... Our article every week for the live game thread, we talk about the rule of five. Now, I don't have the percentages right here in front of me. You can go look. But the rule of five takes sacks and turnovers. And if you get to a plus five advantage, again, if I'm wrong on the number, you can go back and correct me. But I think it's 91% of NFL games, if you win and get to plus five, meaning your team has plus five more sacks, and turnovers in the team you played, you win. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, the Raiders were at plus four. Again, one interception, no fumbles. They got an interception, and and they had the four sacks. Very, very good job there. I think that was big. I mentioned Michael Mayer earlier. Um, his maturation is a big deal. He's a stud. He's an absolute stud. In fact, I was asked by... Um, somebody recently, 
for they're going to buy their kid a jersey for Christmas. They go, who's the youngest guy that you think is going to be here the longest? Because I want my kid to be able to wear this jersey. They're expensive for a long time. He said, go get a Michael Mayer jersey. Um, he's just he fights. He all right. I, I was going to say something, but I'm going to check myself. Um, he is an old school blue collar player. He is a guy that you'd expect to play um, with a leather helmet. Um, and now that his confidence is coming and his blocking, I think he's, he's coming a long, long way and it's really, really good. So again, that's my final recap. I just got a text, so I should probably look in case it's something that I can tell you guys. I'm always looking for stuff. Um, it isn't. They just want me to call them. So maybe something for tomorrow's podcast. But I appreciate you. Again, this is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans for Sports Network. This is our recap. Moving forward the rest of the week, looking at the Chicago Bears. A lot going on. I'll be at press conferences today, articles and more. We'll see you around. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for paying attention, and thank you for reading. Make sure you click that subscribe button. Thanks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.